0: In 1992, I got trained, certified, started a business around coaching. Over the last 30 years, the industry has grown, evolved and matured quite a bit. However, because the industry is not regulated by any particular outside governing body, which in one way is very good, we can have a coach that shows up to work with one of your people who might be good or maybe not so good. And my next guest on the business of intuition is really going to help us to find what is good coaching in today's past-paced, ever-changing, highly technological world. His name is Clint Landon, and Dr. Clint Landon is on a mission to help leaders utilize coaching techniques to unleash the power of their teams, optimize their leadership skills, and drive performance to new heights. As a leadership process and success coach, and former professional basketball player, Dr. Clint, knows the difference between a bad coach and a good coach. A bad coach is self-focused, believes that they are the only expert and expects you to fall in line no matter what. Good coach unlocks hidden potential, nurtures natural abilities, and encourages people to fly. To that end, he has written "Power Coaching, which may be called a must-have, in their leadership toolbox for any Leader, Dr. Clint Landon is also the owner of Successful Coaching, a leadership coaching business whose mission is to help leaders overcome obstacles to achieving success. He has also been featured Fox, CBS, HBC, and DC affiliated outlets. Clint's mission began with a life changing encounter with coaching. While in the midst of his career, he was introduced to coaching and finding it to be transformative for him, his team, and his organization. He quickly enrolled in a doctoral program to learn more about the psychology and methodology of coaching and has since become a sought out after writer, author, speaker on the subject of leadership coaching, Dr. Clint Landon on the business intuition. Well, Clint, it's great to have you on the business intuition, fellow mano y mano coach to coach. I know you've been at this particular industry and in it for a long time. You've got a doctorate. You've been around the block a bit. You, you've seen a uh, couple of recessions, no doubt. You know you, you know what the ups and downs of the market look like. Now it seems like there is a, I don't know, maybe it's just my perception, but there seems to be we're, we're still coming off of a pretty scary time with COVID. The job market has been tough. Uh, social media is becoming much more predominant. Now we've got AI and chat GPT. So we still see a lot of depression and people just not happy. And so I, I know that you've got a you know a point of view on this and, and a process around this, but like, here's a question right straight up. How do we stop some of these limiting beliefs? I mean, obviously, if if our belief system is what controls our actions, And our results then we got to go back to the source how do we change some of those source beliefs source fears those those thoughts that seem to be the problem that's holding us back well great question thank you for asking it i think one of the things a key component to start with is to begin to reframe some of the issues that you're going through right first of all you have to understand that a limiting belief the difference between a limiting belief and kind of a realistic outlook. It's very important to understand that a limiting belief is going to prevent you from moving forward. It's going to hold you back. Whereas a realistic outlook is something that gives you both a negative and a positive, but it's going to keep you moving forward. And what we're finding is that these limiting beliefs are really stifling people, keeping them held down. And it's important, a huge component is reframing and getting yourself into a mindset where you can understand that you got to limit your negative self-talk, your self-doubt, your field failure, and you have to continue to move forward. So that's a great point about reframing the negative belief. But if you've got an emotional, almost (laughs) biofeedback indication that I am... I am hooked, man. I am upset about this particular situation. My belief system is definitely running the show. I can feel the flesh in my face get hot, you know, sweaty palms. I mean, I'm, I'm engaged. I'm in the fight or flight mode know. So on one hand, it sounds intellectually that I should be able to do this. But is there something that you can help our listeners from a practical standpoint? How do you override the circuitry? You know how do you override the bio feedback that's telling me that I should be upset? I would say I love this exercise. I'll give our listeners this exercise to do. It's called going around the block, and, okay. and it's this. You have maybe heard of it before as well. You start with the most negative thing that can think. Let's say you're you're going through a decision, tough decision you have to make. You're thinking of you right as you said this hardwiring is kind of kicking in. Allow yourself to go through that that negative thought and really understand what is the worst case scenario. So let's say you're struggling with your business and take yourself around that block. What's the worst that could happen? I could lose this client. I could lose my job. The business could go under. I could lose my family. I could lose my house. Whatever it is. Allow, allow yourself to do that. Okay. Now I want now I want to take, then you want to go around the block on the most positive end of the spectrum. Okay. Okay. What happens if I do make this call to this client or what, if I, what happens if I do take a positive step forward towards this and then begin to go through those? You know what? I call this person, my client, they say, yes, I get a, a big contract. Uh, we begin to see more money. We begin to see an influx of income come in. Our team, our staff is ignited. And really begin to go through those, and then you can begin to weigh those options of, and then to your point, the question is, what can we begin to do? One positive action towards that step. And I'll even get it to this, Dean, is I encourage my clients take one micro action in a positive direction. It doesn't have to be big, it doesn't have to be huge, but just that micro action begins to kind of transform that wiring, can kind of help with that hard wiring to the negative and begin to get us into motion. It's a great point. I was actually having the same conversation with my 22-year-old son not that long ago. And it reminds me of the time then when I started this business 30 years ago. And just before then, I was going through a bit of a difficult divorce, not by some other people's perspectives it probably was pretty easy when it comes to some of them out there but it was it was still art and uh starting a new business pretty much everything was changing upside down and my coach at the time was saying the same thing you were saying just do one thing a day and just don't do not go to bed until you actually have that particular task finished no matter what it is something that moved you forward and it, and it made a difference because one positive thing a day over a period of week or two weeks or a month, two months started to add up. And uh, it really, really made a huge difference. And all of a sudden, you know, it's sort of a fake it till you make it, right? You know, I don't feel like doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I committed to myself, my coach, what have you, to get this, this finish. Have you seen, an, I mean, based on that wonderful little model of going around the block, do you have a particular story or an example of a client you worked with, or maybe yourself, where this is where they were? They applied this process you just discussed. This is where they ended up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a personal story. Uh, you know, when you, when you talk about limiting beliefs, an organization I used to work for before I got into coaching is uh, a nonprofit here in the city. And we had a, a place where people could come in and get meals and get help with housing and, and different things. And every day we would provide like a 15-minute encouraging word to the people that came in to receive the services. So I remember one day uh, I'm up there, I'm sharing this encouraging word, trying to motivate them, you know, to, to help them with life circumstances. And I see this gentleman has, is bleeding. He's got a huge gash on his head. And I thought, okay, these encouraging words are not going to help that gash. I can get him into housing. I can get him into a, you know, with a social worker. I can help in these different ways, but nothing is going to help with this gash in his head. And I thought, you know, a myriad of things. I I had the unction, okay, you need to start a clinic. And But then the limiting beliefs began to kick in, Dean. Hey, Clint, you have no medical experience. You have no space. You uh, don't have the resources. What are you going to do? And so in that vein of the micro actions, I thought, okay, what can I do? You know what I started with? I started with a box of Band-Aids, had a box of Band-Aids in the back, began to help with this guy. Then my next step was, okay, I don't have a space. What can I do? I can move my office downstairs. We'll use this. Next action, I thought, hey, I don't have any connections. Why don't I start cold calling some nursing colleges? Some doctors that volunteer with us, see if they'll come in once a week and help people that need help. Uh, from there, it began to grow and then short short this over a course of a time, began to partner with the nursing colleges. doctors began to came, and from there a it ended up being a fully licensed clinic in the state <clears throat> of california over uh, over years. But the idea of right is how could this ever happen? It starts oftentimes in our lives. And as you know, with businesses, right, when you started your business, man, it starts with that one thing, whether you pull the light, right, you go and get it recorded at the county, you get the website, you have a vision for your organization. It starts with that one thing and one action towards that can be immense. I totally get that. That's a great story. So what do you, what's the, um, I mean, that we've been sort of talking about the individual doing these things that you just described, you know, around the block, for example, and taking one step a day to move yourself forward, to remove those um, habits of negative thinking and negative behaviors that come forth from that. But what role does the team have? Does the tribe have? Does the family have, Fill in the blank, around helping all of us move forward past these negative beliefs? Yeah, I think it's incumbent on team members to to really begin to check themselves and when somebody comes up, right, let's say you're in a team meeting, when somebody comes up with maybe what I call a left-handed comment, which is, you know, comment that's kind of different or idea that's kind of out of the box thinking, is really allowing your team to foster that those type of comments, those type of ideas and coming at it with a positive mindset that it in fact could be done and how, why, how might we begin to take steps towards that if it is in line with our strategies and objectives. So I would say cultivating that positive mindset really, uh, and that starts with the leader, right? Of creating a culture where, hey, we respect these left-handed comments, we want to encourage people where they are at, and really building them up and fostering confidence in them. Yeah. Got it. Hey, I'm question you. You've seen a fair things. You know, you've been around this for 15 years or so. Obviously, coaching is a very nimble, agile industry and, and practice and set of tools. Uh, we we almost like project managers or Six Sigma you know, consultants, we come into an organization and we try to listen and find out what's needed and provide them the right process and tools in order to help them accomplish their goals. I think that's probably pretty well accepted way in which coaches work. What are you seeing in your clients these days? What's the needs that maybe they have now they didn't have in say 10, 15 years ago? Are you picking up any on any new themes that you maybe weren't there, you know, at the end of uh, whatever, you know, beginning of your, of your tenure as a, as a coach. Overall, just what's changed? What's changed in our clients? What's changed in the themes of the things that they need that maybe weren't there before? I'm seeing a lot in my clients is uh, they're having trouble motivating their teams. And so they're really having a, an issue with quiet coasting. You may have run into that as well. Uh, or but, quiet quitting. Yeah. Yeah. Why, excuse me. Yeah, coasting or quiet quitting. Yeah. yeah you know, I see that a lot. How do I engage my team members? How do I motivate my team members? And so I'm seeing a lot of uh, clients that are struggling with that. And if that's the case, your clients are saying, we need help with motivating our people. Well, what, how do you respond to that? What's your, what's your recipe, Doctor? Yeah, and and this is right. This is where I I love coaching because I think at the the heart of coaching is really getting down into the really finding out about the people that work for you, right? And coaching is really about under uncovering their motivational levers, right? We see many memes right on the internet of. You know, organizations or, or people making fun of their organizations because they give them a pizza party for all the work that they do, right? Companies are not understanding what those levers are for their people. And when you get down to it, right, is each individual has some different levers, some different things that really motivate them. Some like attention, some want a difficult task, some want to... Try a to work outside the box and maybe work in a different component of the organization for the day. They want to continue to learn uh, new new, new skill sets and develop new capacities. And so, I really believe that you know using the coaching principles as a leader is finding out what what drives your team. You know, individually as a team. Have you ever gone? Uh, you know, in your one on ones or with your team? Hey. What motivates you? What do you like? What are you enjoying most? What gets you excited about this job? What can I give you more of? How can I help? I mean, when you think about it, this question, how can I help you be the best version of yourself, right? That's maybe some new leaders are doing it. But if you think about that, Dean, how many times has somebody ever asked you, Dean, what makes you excited? How can I help you excel? Where can I lift you up? And if you begin to do that as a leader and talk to your people and you have as your focus them excelling and them doing better, then I think you're going to see amazing results. But people get leaders get nervous and right. And I know we have KPIs and I know we have these things. But when you are concerned about their growth and their development, you will see them highly engaged. You will see them motivated. You will see them going to bat for you, and you will begin to see the team cohesiveness increase. And so, get down, understand them, ask them questions, and help them excel. I think that's a great a great point there. And if you were to say, alright, I'm a manager, I've got a team of people, and maybe I'm under-resourced. I, I need to fill some positions. right? We've had this great resignation. We still might be understaffed. Certainly some organizations are cutting. I would say I'm one of those that, that have found that I need more people. So I'm now doing the work of two people. Plus, I'm trying to keep all the trains on time, so to speak. And then you mentioned this idea about finding out what motivates people. i like, it feels great, man, but <laughs> a little, I'm a little overwhelmed. You know, I'm not even going to my kids' soccer game, let alone figure out what my team really feels motivates them. Is there any any particular wonderful question or some easy thing that somebody could do that wouldn't take a lot of time but would reap a lot of benefits around helping understand what motivates a person? An easy one I would say is if you're in the hallway. If you see them, want ask them one simple ask them a simple question about themselves. It doesn't have to be in a 50-minute one-on-one. It doesn't have to be, you know, a team retreat where you go and you unpack values and all those things. I would say if you see them in the hallway, ask them a question of what motivates them. A simple question like that. You can start with. It will show care. It will show concern. It will show you are vested in them. And I know for some, right? Because uh, I work with clients, right, uh, on the East Coast, Midwest, and they'll say, "Hey, that sounds a little touchy feely, California e for our group." But it, you know, when you talk, <laughs> when you talk about the res, the you know, people resigning and people not, you know, doing. You know, wanting to stay at their jobs, I really believe this is going to be a differentiating factor because people are not playing. You know, they're not allowing; they don't want to just be a cog in the wheel anymore, and they're not. They're not going to stand for it. And so, I think this the new way is you're going to really have to engage your employees in a meaningful way. Agreed. So, taking that concept around engaging people in meaningful ways and let's overlap or overlay what seems to be a fairly disruptive new technology, i.e. AI or chat GPT, where now we are hearing that people can write old blogs without having to type anything that could be done electronically or code could be written. There is certainly some concerns and some you know predictions that certain jobs will be eliminated uh, because of this new technology. What when we have maybe another layer that disconnects us through this AI? Is there anything that you might have leaders think about as this technology becomes more prevalent in terms of how they lead with a new technology disrupting our work? Yeah, I think, you know, we'll go back to some principles, uh, you know, change management, right? So anytime there's change management, keys are over communication, right? Communicate, communicate, communicate. So I would say that's going to be a key function, right? You're communicating to your team that changes are coming, uh, how they will affect them, uh, the positives of it, the negatives of it, and uh, what might become come of it. But uh, I think that the, right, the change, as we know, change is always happening. And this AI is going to, is, and will continue to revolutionize the workplace. And a lot of people are, you know, kind of, um, I hear some people that are, you know, kind of push back against it, uh, but it, it's here to stay. And, and just like when the internet uh, came out and you had some naysayers and they, said it will never work or we won't be able to function with this, it's going to mess up everything. I would say the AI is in, in that same vein, that it's it's here to stay, it's going to be part and uh, we have to evolve or you're going to be left behind. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So Clint, tell us what sort of stuff you work on and, and how can people sort of follow you and, and, and connect with you if what they've heard today seems to spark an interest. Yeah, I could be found at successfullycoaching.com, I'm in, on Instagram and, and Facebook and Twitter as well. And yeah, I work with uh, organizations and entrepreneurs and solopreneurs that want to scale and and grow. Excellent. And any parting tidbits for us like don't forget this, you know. If there was one thing you wanted us to, you know, remember, what would it be? Yeah, I love to camp on it. And you heard my passion is be about developing your people, push them up, allow them to excel, have some humility, allow others to want the best for them. You will see amazing things happen. It's hard. It takes a lot of humility. It's scary when others excel. But if you can push them to that place, you'll see great things happen. Awesome. Thanks very much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Dean. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Business of Intuition. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about Dean or Mission Facilitators Leadership, go to MFILeadership.com. That's MFILeadership.com.